0: The following program is brought to you by Tastebud Entertainment. Food, glorious food. Welcome to 2 hours of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors and food experts and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education and culinary trends and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now.
1: Well, good morning, food lovers. Another delicious Sunday to you. Chef Jamie Gwynn, along with Lana in your radio, set your culinary sights higher, why don't you? This is your culinary culture and lifestyle show celebrating food and wine what wintry, hearty, delicious stews have you been cooking at their best this week? Good morning to you, Lana. We've got lots of delicious dishes to talk about, in fact.
2: What an exciting week is coming up for all of these holidays.
1: Yes, there's lots of celebrations going on. So we're very glad to be celebrating with you this morning. By the way, just for a single hour this morning, as opposed to our regular two hours, you will hear a Clippers game following this scrumptious program, or at least we hope you think so, coming up here on KFWB News Talk 980. We're always serving up seconds, by the way, at chefjamie.com. But let me tell you what is on your plate this morning as you sit down at the table and join us. We're going to be joined by the sommelier sommelier for the people. Uh, He is Michael Jordan, and he is the vice president of food and beverage for the Ranch Restaurant in Anaheim, California, and he's sharing his best Valentine's Day wine pairings. Whether you're embarking on a new relationship or celebrating many years of blissful marriage, he's going to tell you the right wine for the occasion. Also, our resident master mixologist Rob Floyd is mixing up some love, potions this morning so we're going to give you some creative cocktail ideas to create a little romantic spark this Thursday night, Valentine's Day. Also pastry chef Abby Dodge is joining us to dish up some creative sweets for your sweet and to bring inspiration to Chinese New Year. She has a beautiful lemony jasmine sorbet recipe that we've posted on the website and we hope that it adds uh, some good luck and fabulous flavor to your Chinese New Year. But we're going to kick off this hour with some delicious ideas to celebrate because today does mark the Chinese New Year, the year of the water snake. And for all of those who are celebrating Gong Hei Fat Choi to you, I happen to love Chinese New Year because of the symbolism, Lana, and yes. especially since the Chinese, like... It, those that are Jewish like us and so many it's all about the feast Mm -hmm. and I love that right any celebration to eat I'm in and in fact they say for this year of the water snake or any Chinese New Year or celebration for that matter try to wear something red so if you're going to get dressed at some point soon, or you're decorating the Chinese believe red is a very lucky color it wards off evil spirits Mm -hmm. you might want to hang something red as well like you can buy a red lantern at an Asian market Mm -hmm. supposed to be very good to set the pace for the New year, in fact, and they say that red actually uh, stimulates hunger as well, which is why in many of the Asian restaurants, you'll find a a red wall painted Mm -hmm. um, to hopefully make you hungry, which I wonder if Um, if that's a problem because I have a red wall in my house Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) intentionally
1: intentionally maybe that's why I'm always hungry Uh, many of the dishes consumed for Chinese New Year are chosen because of plays on lucky words and I think it's so interesting that they eat let's say Chinese lettuce cups because the word for lettuce cup sounds like the word for making money tangerines, by the way, always make an appearance and you'll find a really nice variety of tangerines coming into season from Melissa's produce whom we love. Um, The sweet little satsumas, the pixies, all that bright orange color is definitely considered good luck because the word for tangerine in Chinese sounds like the word for lucky or auspicious. So uh, make sure that you do something uh, food oriented to tie in to the luck factor of Chinese New Year. Of course, there are the noodles you want to eat really long noodles do not cut them up that's right because they represent Mm -hmm. long life and i love the menu um that you put together so that we could celebrate whether you know you do store-bought or homemade Mm -hmm. just essentially a a celebration of a new and coming year to embark on
2: and you could go to your favorite chinese restaurant to pick up hot and sour soup which is jamie's favorite <laughs> and have some chinese broccoli with uh, you could grill some quail mm, that sounds good to me chicken is always a wonderful dish yes very true to do as well and wok
1: fried snappies. i love i love any chinese vegetable wok fried. And by the way, it always needs an herbaceous counterpart. A whole steamed fish would be a really Mm. nice complement to those wok fried, whether you do um, the snap peas, as you mentioned, you could do um, greens, you could do uh, any wintry leafy green. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to an herb, I actually wanted to share to honor Chinese New Year, one of my favorite asian herbs and that is the shiso leaf oh i love this idea uh, okay so you can actually you know i love shiso mm-hmm. leaf too we share that and we always fight over it at the sushi bar when it comes laying <laughs> over the uh over the noodles uh that come on a sashimi platter mm-hmm. or the uh, the shredded daikon often is garnished with a shiso leaf um you might most often see it uh or encounter it in japanese restaurants or associated with japanese food but the Shiso leaf is used in quite a few Asian cultures. It's actually the name for the annual herb called perilla, which belongs to the mint family. And maybe that's why I love it, because I love the beautiful, bright flavor of mint. Shiso comes in green or purple. It has a slightly prickly texture, sort of a jagged edge, but it has this very unique, vibrant taste. It's very herbaceous, and some would say it's very citrusy. And I like mm-hmm. to use it raw. Just cut it um, like in a chiffonade, you know, thin strips, or you could use the whole leaves. The genius of shiso leaf, and I challenge you because what a wonderful goal for the Chinese New Year, is that it is very easily grown, whether in a window box, like, you know, in front of your sink inside mm-hmm. or outdoors in your garden. And if you can find shiso leaf seeds, send some my way and then plant some yourself <laughs> and um, and watch them sprout just beautifully. What a fabulous, mm. unique herb to grow in your garden to add uh, a really new flavor to your dishes.
2: Oh, and we make a popcorn where we uh, chiffonade it into the popcorn. Yes. Thank you,
1: Roy Choi. That's yes. the best furikake <laughs> popcorn ever. Um, I like to serve the shiso leaf with fresh or even fried spring rolls in Asian salads as well. Mm. So that is our homage to the Chinese New Year, the year of the water snake. So we've celebrated tonight uh, the Chinese New Year. Coming up Tuesday, by the way, is Mardi Gras. It's carnival in New Orleans. And if you're looking to make uh, the greatest gumbo, the ultimate jambalaya, I even have a recipe to make pralines in the microwave, which I recently um, just did with Marie Osmond, and they were a Hit. It was the mm. first thing to go off the plate on the Marie Show, and I love that. You can find all that at chefjamie.com if you're planning a Mardi Gras celebration. Um, laissez le bon temps, brûler, let the good times roll, baby, whatever yes. your celebration is this week.
2: Fat Tuesday.
1: Fat Tuesday mm-hmm. is right. And then, of course, Thursday, uh, or with Thursday, comes Valentine's Day. And the romance that uh, fills all of our hearts, I think, um, is best done. Uh, around chocolate and champagne, the perfect romantic pairing for Valentine's Day.
2: And in an anticipation of Valentine's Day, I thought I'd start out with a poem to set the scene for delicious food.
1: Oh, please. I love a poem. Yes. Go and ahead.
2: Chelsea Silverstein's uh, Italian food poem. Okay. Okay. I'll just do a few lines. Oh, oh right. how I love Italian food. I eat it all the time. <laughs> Not just cause how good it tastes, but cause how good it rhymes. Minestrone, cannelloni, macaroni, rigatoni, <laughs> spaghettini, scallopini, escarole, braciole, insalata, cremolata, manicotti, marinara, carbonara, etc cetera, etc cetera. and
1: it goes on. <laughs> I love it. I love a food poem and I love that you're honoring Valentine's Day with that. If you would like to honor your sweetheart for Valentine's Day, I suggest that you choose a bottle of sparkling rosé mm. or a fabulous demi-sec, slightly sweet. For the perfect union to a chocolate dessert. There's a lot of conversation going on about, uh, and a lot of controversy with some winemakers in a recent conversation that went on in Food and Wine magazine about how chocolate is a challenging pairing. And I'm going to beg to differ. I believe that a beautiful pink bottle of Rosa Regale or your favorite sparkling rosé is the perfect Union and Bristol Farms has an extraordinary selection of bubbles, by the way, from French champagne to Italian sparklers to toast your Valentine in style. Now, when it comes to dessert for Valentine's Day, I'm thinking rich, dark and everything chocolate. So I have a chocolate brownie spoon bread I was planning on making. And what's great is that you serve it directly from the skillet and you just put big dollops of whipped cream. I know mm. that's one of your favorites. Yeah, of my, you love definitely. it. And then mm. you could always do a chocolate fondue because fondue is fabulous and back. And you could simply just melt down some coarsely chopped, high quality chocolate of your choice, milk or dark, and then split it into three bowls after you've made a ganache mixed with cream, mm-hmm. right? And then put a splash of three different lu coors to set the night on fire into each of those chocolate ganaches like you could do Grand Manier, Kahlua, Amaretto, Chambord, creme Mm, de menthe, whatever you like and then you have this dippable delicious trio of fondue. And how about drinking chocolate? Love that you know more popular than ever in fact I remember us traveling to London years and years and years ago when it was only hot cocoa Now it is drinking chocolate.
2: Well, there is a difference between hot cocoa and hot chocolate.
1: Yes. And in fact, you can actually buy uh, drinking chocolate or hot chocolate on the market now. And it's like a true ganache. But I like when you try new and different chocolate flavors Mm -hmm. by making... A hot chocolate. It's a really wonderful way to to determine on your palate what your flavor profile is. It's really just warming
2: some cream or whole milk and uh, putting uh, your chocolate in it, whether it be milk chocolate or bittersweet or different levels of
1: 60%, 72, etc., and tasting it all. And different than a ganache, you just thin it out so it's almost pourable mm-hmm. or of the drinkable uh, consistency. And I think that would be a lovely Valentine's Day nightcap. cap. Mm-hmm. I like that idea.
2: And you could add chili pepper to it or Ooh. vanilla bean yes. or cinnamon sticks.
1: Yes. Don't forget
2: some honey or sugar, depending on how bittersweet
1: it is. For sure. If you are not planning to prepare your own chocolate dessert this year, um, we want to encourage you to indulge in the Cocoa Lounge. Yes, you heard me right. At the Island Hotel in Newport Beach at Fashion Island, um, the chefs there, every Valentine's Day, put together what is a uh, dark brown, velvet-lined, walled, Incredible dessert buffet called the Cocoa Lounge, paired with wines and cocktails. The room is adorned with chocolate showpieces and gorgeous decor. It's pretty fabulous. And um, it's just $18 per person. So consider Mm. taking your sweetheart for dessert to Coco Lounge. You must make a reservation, by the way. You could plan for dinner as well. Um, But again, at the Island Hotel in Newport Beach at Fashion Island, Coco Lounge actually runs all through the month. But why not take advantage of uh, Valentine's Day? It is
2: so romantic.
1: Oh, and it's so decadent, Mm. isn't it? Dessert Mm. after dessert after dessert. We've posted a couple of delicious recipes as well at ChefJamie.com, valentine heart cakes with bananas foster and lana's recipe of the week her cook with lana would be great for kids for valentine's mm. day i love that idea to cook with your kids the technique of the week is posted as well squash 101 everything you wanted to know about winter squash mm. and i want to make a recommendation as well i found a new chocolate company and the chocolates are available at bristol farms because i bought up every box and took a bite of each piece <laughs> and it's called moonstruck and um, this is a nod to the master chocolatier who started in 1993 and is still handcrafting individual chocolates piece by piece by piece it is a chocolate experience that you will love so look for the name moonstruck if you're buying a box of chocolates and stay tuned when we come back pastry chef abby dodge joins us live and we're going to continue the sweet conversation there's more right after this chef jamie Gwen along with lana don't go away We have a taste for life, and we're hoping to satisfy your cravings this morning. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio, along with our resident pastry chef. Abby Dodge is here, having dug herself out of the snow. She is the widely respected baking expert, popular cookbook author, food writer, and instructor. The author of nine books, her most recent is entitled Mini Treats and Handheld Sweets, Their Delicious Desserts to Pick Up and Eat, available on Amazon. And she posts a monthly recipe so that you can bake with Abby on our website at chefjamie.com, and it is to honor Chinese New Year. We're very glad to have you. Good morning, Abby. How are you? Oh, good morning, ladies. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing just fine here under three feet of snow. (gasps) For those that don't know, you are Connecticut-based, and um, I think we saw you under a big snow drift somewhere (laughs) on television. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, uh,
3: all that said, though, I am delighted to be here sharing what yeah. I think of is this week is kind of the trifecta of holidays, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: so, so we kicked it off with a conversation about Chinese New Year. Uh, I mentioned Mardi Gras, and then we talked about Valentine's Day. Is that the trifecta you're alluding to? Exactly. That, that's an excuse to eat big every day, Ab. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm all about. So let's start with Chinese New Year, because it seems in all that snow that a sorbet would be quite fitting. But I love the idea that you're using jasmine tea. I think that there's a technique, a a true lesson there, to learn to cook and bake with tea.
3: Well, exactly. And I think that tea is really expanding. You know, people think of just sipping tea, and it's delightful that way, too. But I think it's really expanding into desserts, and you see them... um, Used in cookies and shortbreads. But for today, for this New Year's, um, I thought jasmine tea would be perfect blended with a little lemon and a little sweetener into a sorbet.
1: I love that idea. And I think that's very much honoring Chinese New Year, the idea of using ingredients. I was talking about shiso leaves a little earlier, Abby, and that herbaceous quality, something unique to a particular um, ethnic uh, cuisine or, you know, a particular flavor profile. Um, What's interesting to me is that you're very specific about the proper temperature for brewing the tea because you are a tea drinker.
3: I am a tea drinker. I'm, I'm almost a tea snob, ladies, if you will. <laughs>
1: that's all right. We like
2: that about oh, you. I love
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it really is true. You know, I have a, a good friend of mine, actually, who lives in town, Cindy Bigelow, whose family owns Bigelow Tea. Yes. And she and I, over over tea one day, were having this whole conversation about green tea. And I said, this was uh, about five years ago, and I said, I didn't really like it. And she said to me, that's because I was brewing it at the wrong temperature, so with something like a jasmine tea, which is jasmine flowers that are dried and usually blended with a green tea, it's very important to keep your water temperature between 150 and 180 degrees. Now, ladies, as we know, that is not boiling like you would like for a black tea. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely needs for its flavors to blossom, no pun intended, with the jasmine um, slowly and at a lower heat. And I learned that as well, Abby, and I think it changes the profile, no doubt, of the tea and the flavor of the tea itself. You use the tea then as the base for the sorbet. Exactly, exactly. And it's, you know, I've
3: used jasmine tea with this recipe, but you could use any tea, Jamie and Lana. I mean... You know, Earl Grey would be lovely with Mm. this. And you just simply make a a simple syrup and you steep the tea leaves in the simple syrup, sugar, water, a little bit of lemon juice, and, of course, a a pinch of table salt. And then you strain out the tea leaves and then you just freeze it in an ice cream maker um, and, you know, let it churn away and then spoon it into a chilled loaf pan that that you've stuck into the freezer so it's ready and nice and cold for that sorbet to go in.
1: Perfect, and that makes it actually easy to scoop. I love that you mentioned that. That's an old restaurant secret. You know, it's very hard to scoop ice cream out of a container that's tall and thin, but when mm-hmm. you spread it out, if you have the room in your freezer to put a casserole dish or um, a square or rectangular pan like Abby mentioned, you mm. get the ability to scrape a beautiful scoop or even a canal with two spoons, and you get that gorgeous presentation. Exactly, and it's you just it's just a
3: nicer way, you know, to to serve it up and to keep it in there it's almost like your own little mini ice cream yes. parlor cylinder in yes, there yes
1: for sure we've also posted abby's suggestions to transform this beautiful sorbet into a granita and we hope you'll check it out at ChefJamie.com. and you can always link to learn more about abby and her delicious recipe so that you can bake together at AbbyDodge.com. okay there are more holidays abby what's on your valentine's day menu do tell Okay, well I'm going I'm
3: going a little rebel here. I'm saying move over chocolate. Vanilla is on my Valentine's list for this year. Nice. What are you making? I'm making vanilla pot de creme. Oh, oh, I'll be Rich, right there. Yeah. Elegant, easy
1: to make fragrant as all get out. Oh, Mm. that's right, because that beautiful flavor of vanilla, considered to be an aphrodisiac, and we're both using and loving Hey Lala vanilla, that um, incredible New Zealand Mm. vanilla um, that I think really has one of the best floral aromas I've experienced.
3: I I couldn't agree more, and it's perfect in these pot de Mm -hmm. cremes. Abby,
1: are you going to
2: be using a a vanilla bean paste or vanilla beans?
3: Um, The recipe I'm using is for a vanilla bean, but I give the option of vanilla bean paste, um, which, you know, Hey also makes a lovely one as well. You know, you can use vanilla extract for a recipe like this, but, you know, really it's those, I mean, when you're talking about an aphrodisiac, you know, with, with vanilla, you know, seeing those gorgeous tiny little millions and zillions of seeds mm-hmm. in this vanilla thick vanilla custard it's just so pretty and so fragrant i say go for the vanilla bean
1: i think your valentine is a very lucky one (laughs) and then since we have to wait till march to talk with you again uh, albeit live but always in other social media forms um talk to us if you would about everything and anything gilded the oscars are coming up and i think that deserves definitely an uh, award-winning dessert idea
3: well, I think for the Oscar the the gilded treat, I would go back to chocolate for Oscars. Yeah. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm thinking chocolate truffle tart Ooh. with a mascarpone topping, a billowy pile of vanilla mascarpone topping. Oh. Maybe even with a
1: little bourbon in it. Oh. Just saying. Oh, yeah, just saying. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Gotta love you, Abby, really, because everything that comes out of your mouth is deliciously sweet goodness, and we would love if you would share that recipe because we know we're going to get requests. Will you? absolutely oh, I'd be more you than good. happy to the chocolate truffle tart that Abby Dodge just recommended uh, she will share her her scrumptious recipe and we hope that you will write for it uh, please use our email address live live at chef and check out the bake with Abby feature on the website along with bake with Abby so that you can cook along and follow her on Twitter and Facebook as well she's at abby Dodge.com. dot uh, gung hei fat choy a very uh, happy Chinese New Year to you happy Valentine's Day to you and your sweet husband. May the best movie win all until we meet again in March. Lovely. Laissez le bon temps relais. <laughs> ah oui, laissez mm. le bon temps relais as well. And let the good times roll. Lots of wonderful things to celebrate. Uh, be safe in the snow, please, Abby, and, and good luck in digging yourself out. Thank you very yes. much. Our Bye. resident pastry chef, Abby Dodge, here and in, in your radio. As the delicious conversation continues, whether it be your vanilla pot de creme or your chocolate truffle tart, what is the perfect wine pairing? Well, the sommelier for the people, Michael Jordan, with us right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana. Don't go away.
2: The bottle of
4: whites it all depends upon your appetite
1: welcome back chef jamie gwen along with lana in your radio love is in the air and the master is in he is michael jordan our resident wine expert master sommelier and certified wine educator one of only 15 in the world. He is called the sommelier for the people and we call him our wine guru. He's here to pop the cork on his top picks for Valentine's Day, straight from the Ranch Restaurant in Anaheim as Vice President of Food and Beverage. Good morning to you, MJ. We're glad to have you back.
0: Well, thank you so much, ah. Jimmy. I'm so happy to be with you here
1: today. Yeah, and both of us, Lana and I, are uh, anticipating Valentine's Day, just four days away, and oh, the yeah. idea that we're going to open something new and thirst quenching and so we were hoping you would enlighten us here's my my philosophy on valentine's day and i know we share it and if you would give some restaurant insider tips that would be perfect valentine's night the 14th is best spent at home
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love you for that yeah i get it yeah well you know every restaurant is completely packed with reservations of people trying to get their reservations crammed in sideways and because everybody feels so compelled, they must take your date out or your loved one out on Valentine's Day. And, of course, it's a century-long tradition, but I have to say uh, a lot of savvy diners do understand that they would prefer to go out maybe the night before or the night after mm-hmm. on a night that the restaurants are not quite so overloaded with only special menus and uh, here in this case, you've got Valentine's Day coming up on a weekend, so it could be why couldn't it be St. Valentine's Weekend? And let's take our loved one for a week on weekend-long journey out to wine country or a beautiful romantic location, mm. which includes meals and those things instead of just a restaurant experience. Yeah,
1: but what a nice idea! I I definitely agree with that, and I think that's a wonderful way to really experience the best of food and wine on a holiday and get the, the most extraordinary experience literally in a restaurant or at a winery to really enjoy it and to live it. And wine is no doubt an industry of romance. I think it's filled with lusty dreamers who work the land in some of the world's most picturesque settings. And it's sort of like Valentine's Day in a bottle. I mean, there's something beautifully romantic about it, of course. So I thought that we would give you some ideas as to the stage of a relationship and ask you what wine to serve. Does that work,
0: MJ? That sounds great. But wait, I want to go back to lusty dreamers who work the land. What a great... I just have this vision in my mind. What a great description, Chef Jamie.
1: Well, thank you. Okay, this is my Valentine's message in a bottle brought to you by the sommelier for the people, Michael Jordan, (laughs) Chef Jamie and Lana. All right, here we go. Let's say it's your first date. You're just getting to know someone, finally getting one-on-one time. What should you drink?
0: Okay, well, it's going to be Chardonnay or Merlot because it's simple. It's easy. You know, I don't want to say that can be the only thing, but that's easy.
1: Yes, and and that's what, by the way, first dates should be.
0: I agree. Easy and and light and fun. Yes, and just simple and no rough edges and easy to deal with, drink, and order. And, and, you know, and of course, if somebody, if they're in a beer and they're not in a wine, well, let's not exclude them. Have a beer, you know. But uh, certainly, I think first date, Chardonnay, Merlot, easy.
1: Something everybody knows. I like Mm -hmm. that. Okay, what happens if... Some things don't go so smoothly. Right now, he doesn't totally get you. You don't totally get him. Uh, but you're both still into it. It's really complicated. Okay, <laughs> complicated. Michael. So <laughs> what's the best complicated bottle you can recommend at the moment?
0: Oh, I need champagne right away. Yes. <laughs> we need some champagne because it's festive. It's light. It's fun. It's it's also easy. Uh, it it really takes the edge off and adds that festive and, and fun e- element Mm -hmm. to kind of almost any situation. It can bring you back around um, to to the humanness that you share and the excitement that you share for the potentiality bubbling up in that bottle.
1: I like that and you know what it's versatile it's neutral it goes with totally. everything you can um, put out cheese and antipasti and sit yep. on the floor in the living room and celebrate Valentine's Day by the fire yeah. and pop a bottle or yeah. you could uh, show up with a box of chocolates and a bottle of bubbly and you'd be as well accepted uh, so as romantic that's right so as in romantic. any other way do you have a top pick for bubbly this Valentine's Day
0: I've been really in love with Francia Corta. Uh, from the, the region of uh, Lombardia up in northern Italy, they are actually producing wines that are just rival, just about uh, the greatest champagne, uh, but with even like even more, if you could imagine, tender loving care and smaller batches and a lower price by at least 30 percent. Right. Uh, and now I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I, I still adore the beautiful French champagnes and the, the, the amazing ber- diversity of flavors there. But Francia Corta, uh, really to me, you know, after a sea of Prosecco came and swept over this country and nearly washed us away, um, <laughs> we, we've discovered the highest quality sparkling wines of Italy. And I just am really enamored with these wines right now.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about them too. And I really do love the price point. And I think it's something wonderful for food and wine lovers to always embark on a new opportunity for tasting. And I think Valentine's Day warrants that as well. Maybe this is your opportunity. um, Let's say you're single, and I was going to propose that. What should you drink if you're single on Valentine's Day? To gather some friends together and do a wine tasting and take the opportunity to improve your palate and taste some of the wines that you recommend to us that we might not have had an opportunity to explore before.
0: I think that's a great idea. You know, as you uh, taste and discover more and new different wines you really do find the things that you like and things you don't like so much Mm -hmm. but it helps you to also grow your palate in a way there's there's something to be said for staying with the tried and true that you know you like and always getting that every time but i don't know how incredibly boring now if you love that that's great i'm not telling you go drink something else but for those of you that have a little bit of wanderlust and you want to try Wines of Spain, wines of Germany, wines of Greece, wines of Italy, wines of Hungary. Uh, Pick your country. You want to go to Brazil, they have an amazing sparkling wine from Brazil. I think Brazil is an amazing, romantic place.
1: Okay, so next time we walk into Bristol Farms or a wine shop, we should ask the expert there to provide a bottle, if they have, of a sparkling wine from Brazil. Yeah. Brilliant. I love that. Okay, let's go back. If it's Valentine's Day and you're just crazy in love, what should you be drinking?
0: Crazy in love. I, okay, so you want a beautiful bottle of a, a uh, Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. There we go. Uh, and a really exclusively delicious bottle. And I'm talking, you're probably going to be in the 80 to to $100 range there, maybe. It wouldn't matter if you're in the 30 to $40 range. Cabernet Sauvignon is delicious. Mm. But I'm thinking, you know, something with some pedigree from a fine, fine winemaker, with the most expensive French oak possible, and all the whistles and bells, and just, you know, intensity, seductiveness, Mm. uh, long, long length of flavor, and all the berry and cherry and cassis liqueur flavors that you get in that fabulous wine.
1: That makes me hopeful it really does something you can cherish just like love and then last but not least and then we'll get to a couple um quick suggestions if you would for chocolate and flowers and so on if you're married for years you've been together um maybe a wine that ages well something you're looking forward to for valentine's day to pull out of the cellar should we be drinking bordeaux
0: well, it could be Bordeaux, but, I, you know, honestly, it's got to be Pinot Noir for me.
1: Ah, really?
0: An old bottle of Burgundy oh, or a, a good fabulous old bottle vintage of, Burgundy. Of, of Russian River Valley Pinot yes. Noir.
1: Yes, okay, I'm in.
0: I mean, Yeah, definitely. it's so, so pretty, and, it, it you know, like, it, it will remind you of the, the, it reminds me of the great, pretty memories and wonderful times mm. and lightness, you know, and... How lovely. and It's time in a bottle. It's wonderful.
1: And by the way, you're in for the long haul, so you might as well drink the good stuff, right?
0: And some stuff does just (laughs) just get better with age,
1: you know? Most of us, hopefully. Got to say. With that said, Lana and I talked about um, a couple of quick tips from you, please. So if you're bringing a box of chocolates, whether it be a dessert wine, a liqueur, um, just a couple of your fast thoughts on the perfect pairing there box of truffles box of chocolate favorite box of candy
0: a bottle of Brachetto daqui, or yes. you know as we love our Brachetto, sweet sparkling rose wine because it's sweet and it goes with chocolate perfectly or if you can find raspberry wine oh my god
1: mm, pour me a glass sweet.
0: It's like raspberry velvet sweet and luscious
1: yellow roses i know they say friendship but i think they mean so much more
0: well, I'm going with a Tete de Cuvée, a uh, fine, fine, high-end champagne.
1: Ooh, uh, you there know, you go. You know, from
0: one of the, like, La Grand Dame, or, you know, certainly uh, the old school Dom Perignon from hmm. Moët Chandon, or, hey, if you're really going to spring, and somebody you really, truly, you know, and you've got the money, heck, get a bottle of Cristal Rosé and oh, go wild. No,
1: nothing says class like roses and champagne. And yep. then last but not least belly button wine, and I mean it literally, Michael, <laughs> for Valentine's Day, what ah. should we be pouring oh. for belly buttons?
0: Wow, that's, that's a, a, <laughs> a very exciting possibility. Let's talk yes, about that um, it is. like a beer in Auslize or an ice wine or a beer in Auslize, Riesling from Germany that was like hand-picked, grape by grape, pressed oh. in the vineyard, yes. sweet and luscious and so intense.
1: You had Lana at ice wine, by the way. And if I could choose one, it would be the Vidal. Wow. Do you remember tasting, yes. Lana, oh. the oak-aged ice wine? <laughs> oh, my.
0: Uh-huh. From that Vidal grape. Those sweet, amazingly luscious things.
1: Uh, thank you, Innes Wow. Yeah, we must thank them. They really, they got us talking about ice wine. And you, oh, man. you've made oh, that yeah. conversation come alive. Michael, we wish you and Teresa a very sweet and lovely Valentine's Day.
4: Thank you so much. Yes, of
1: course. And we thank you for always sharing your passion. We know you'll be back next month with another Cork Report. And until then, we will find you at the Ranch Restaurant and Saloon in Anaheim, Vice President of Food and Beverage, Sommelier for the People, um, world-class international wine served in a wonderfully friendly and unintimidating style at the Ranch. You will find MJ there. It is the most incredible way to please your palate and to learn from wines around the world, from a true master. Thank you for always taking the time and filling our glasses, Michael.
0: Ladies, I just love you. And to all of you out there, happy Valentine's Day. I'll see you for dinner. Yes.
1: Oh, happy Valentine's Day. And a sweet one to you. As the delicious conversation continues, there's more wine education, restaurant news, and fabulous food right after this. Don't touch your dial. We're spicing up your Valentine's Day with some thirst-quenching ideas. Have you seen him in People magazine? We love that he's our resident mixologist here in your radio. Head bartender and master mixologist Rob Floyd is back straight from behind the bar at Jose Andres' The Bazaar at the SLS Hotel Beverly Hills. He's always pushing the traditional boundaries of a cocktail, and if you love Cirque du Soleil performances, then his smoke-on-the-water cocktail is for you. You heard about it last time he was here, and you can find it online at chefjamie.com. Since Valentine's Day is almost here and romance deserves some equally romantic cocktails, Rob is here to add a little spice, and we're glad to have you back. Good morning, Rob.
4: I am very excited to be (laughs) back. Thank you for having me.
1: And uh, a happy Valentine's to your wife. uh, Just a few days forthcoming, in fact.
4: I know, I know. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah, there's lots of love in the air, but I love that you're adding a little bit of heat. So thank you for sharing the two recipes that you did. We've posted them once again in the Cocktails You'll Love feature on the homepage at ChefJamie.com. But talk to us about a little bit of elegance, a little bit of luxury, as you say, uh, and definitely a love potion.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of the things I love working with you because you have a flair for luxury, <laughs> well, and sometimes you. we can take common ingredients or stuff you can find in this regular supermarket, where you know, like I, I had Bristol Farms a lot, stuff like that. You can find the common things and make them uh, something extraordinary, and that's what I try to do with these two drinks. So whether you're in Minnesota or whether you're in Europe or wherever you are you mm-hmm. can kind of do these great drinks and nice. they can just be mind-blowing
1: love it okay so the poisoned arrow <laughs> what a great
4: name I love well of course the uh the missus came up with that one she's much smarter than I am
1: <laughs> okay but but while I love that you mix the drinks so yes. yeah
4: <laughs> Let, let's, taster.
1: Be, let's be clear I'm a good taster too so uh, give us a taste of this
4: particular I one I love it well we first start out uh it's a great drink because it's a little fruit forward and a little heat at the back end. Nice. So what you do is you take a little slice of jalapeno, thin slice, and you bruise it. You don't muddle it. because Unless you want it real spicy, mm-hmm. you just bruise it, and then, then you're going to take two to three chunks of pineapple, and you're going to muddle them. You're going to muddle them in a glass. You're going to take two ounces of one of my favorite gins, Amethyst Gin.
1: Yeah, we share that love. I don't yes, mean to do. interrupt you. You but turn
4: me on to that. That's a great gin. It
1: is. For those that don't know, it has this beautiful lavender infusion. And it's one of my newest favorite spirits on the market. It's called Amethyst, and it's becoming more readily available. And we love that you're using it. So thank Absolutely. you.
4: Absolutely. So then we, we're going to just take a three-quarter lime, fresh lime juice. And a half ounce of simple syrup. So it's, uh, it's very low sugar in this. And then um, you're going to muddle that together. You're going to have it muddled together.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And you're going to shake it with a shaker with a little ice in it. And then fine strain it. I like to fine strain it into a martini glass. Uh, if you want, um, now I, I don't always do this, but sometimes I'll salt the rim. Uh, there's great salt you can get out there, like a Maldon Irish sea salt, flaky salt. Uh, again, a place like Bristol Farms has a great selection of salt. You can kind of choose what you want.
1: They do. Do um, you like a, a flake, a more coarse grind salt? I if do. you're rimming, then you do a fine salt?
4: I do. I just think, uh, well, if I'm working with an Irish sea salt or something like this, or I'm working with fruits and something a little more uh, delicate like this up front. I like a little salt like that. It just gives it a little more... Depth a little more character to it.
1: I, I love that sort of umami approach almost because you've got the sweetness from the pineapple, you've got the heat from the jalapeno, and when you bring in the salt, you add a whole nother sort of sensory dimension to it. And I like too that you mentioned the flake salt uh, because I find a fine grain salt when it rims a glass, like if you have a very traditional margarita, the salt tends to be overwhelming.
4: I completely agree, and when you have that that flaky, it's especially when you're serving it, people go, how did you do this? Where did you find this? And you have so many things going on at once, and they work so well together that it's really exciting.
1: I love a gin cocktail, too. So this is definitely something to spice up Valentine's Day, that poisoned arrow. Talk to, uh, talk to us about your next twist. It's definitely um, in the pink family, which I think, you know, Valentine's Day, roses, uh, anything red, pink, or otherwise seems to set the mood.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. So what we did is we took a, I called it kind of the pom-pom of love, but what we did <laughs> is we recreated the pomegranate martini and just made it really simple and elegant, really simple and beautiful. Mm. Um, here I took a, I used Russian Standard, and the reason I did was just because the, the cost of it is phenomenal. It's, it's not an expensive vodka, and um, it, it mixes very well being
3: wheat-based.
1: Okay, why why is that? I'm going to interrupt there because most of my listeners know and I don't have any loyalty to any particular vodka except to my cocktail at night. Um, (laughs) I'm a goose girl. I I happen to have done lots of blind tastings and I like kettle, too. And I mean, there's lots of great vodkas on the market. But what is it about the wheat base that makes it a good mixing vodka? Because there's so many choices. Maybe we should have more than one behind the bar.
4: Yeah, I, you know one of the things is um I love I love vodkas. I love the ones you mentioned as well. Uh i a big fan of FN too. Um the thing is is for this cocktail working with uh Russian standard for me um you have Mendeleev. Mendeleev uh, in 1894 came up with the recipe for vodka. Now it doesn't mean much to most people except that every chemistry professor in the world owes their livelihood to Mendeleev. Mendeleev came up with a periodic ch- uh, chart called the Table of Elements. So <laughs> that's a lot to say. but um, And but, well said, so,
1: by the way. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah, so he, um, so for me, I love sometimes to feature a Russian vodka, and so this is one of the ways I, I featured it.
1: Interesting, and a very reasonably priced vodka once again. So you know,
4: you're looking at a bottle that's like exactly.
1: So if Rob Floyd can use it, so can I. Yeah, All right. Exactly. So we're using a wheat-based vodka, Russian standard.
4: Right, right. And then we're just going to work with um, uh, three quarter ounces of fresh lime juice. Okay. Three quarter of simple syrup, and if you want, you can even take that down to a half. But I like it at a three quarter. A uh, half ounce of pomegranate and just a, a drop or a quarter ounce of Cointreau.
1: I love the idea of you taking a Cosmopolitan and sort of reworking it toward the pomegranate style.
4: Yeah, you know, and it's, it's so nice too because then anybody can do it. It'll take you two minutes at most to make the drink, mm-hmm. and you'll leave your friends just speechless about what you did. The very last that I love to do is I love to put a nasturtium or a little edible flower on top of it, and grate a, uh, grate a little bit of nutmeg over the top. It's just a little thing, but it, it gives it a great nose and great. Again, people are going, What did you do? That is phenomenal.
1: I love your creativity. I never would have thought of nutmeg, but I can imagine, you know, even when you grate nutmeg into cream spinach or uh, into exactly. a bechamel, you get that beautiful waft of aroma. You're so right. I can imagine so I'm that, that coming off the glass. And especially since we're still in the colder months, especially here in Southern California. We've had a little bit of chill, for for us at least. Nutmeg's sort of warming to me. So, love it. You'll find the Pom Poms of Love and the Poisoned Arrow, both from Master Mixologist and Head Bartender Rob Floyd at chefjamie.com. You'll also find a link to the bazaar at the SLS Hotel Beverly Hills where you can um, try to fight your way uh, into uh, a seat at one of his upcoming cocktail classes. Now we know that they're quickly becoming sold out as the months progress, Rob. I know your waiting list gets longer and longer, but um, next month, March, is a really exciting class schedule. Tell us about it.
4: Oh, I cannot wait. I know um, you're so
1: excited. I love
4: it. I love this because for me, every cocktail tells a story and um, it's an event and it's experience in a glass and this is pirate juice and you, the (laughs) histories of rum. Because you know they were rum runners back in the day. They weren't, you know, spritzer runners. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's just the, the history is so rich, and to be able to follow all the different pirates and the tales and what they would run and the kind of the, the taste all the different flavors. It for me it gets me so excited, and I just I can't wait for each show.
1: Absolutely love it. And we love Rob Floyd. We thank him for joining us, for sharing cocktails with a passion. You can find the recipes at chefjamie.com and find Rob Floyd behind the bar at the bazaar at the SLS Hotel and hopefully get into one of his creative cocktail classes. We hope you'll join us next Sunday as the delicious conversation continues right here. Chef Tyler Florence, whom we know and love will be with us along with Chef Connie Anderson live from Vietnam. We want you to save the date as well. A wonderful organization Lana and I are working with called Working Wardrobes. Has an event coming up Friday, March 15th called Edith Head to Toe Runway Styles That Really Work. It is Susan Klassen back by demand. You can learn more at workingwardrobes.org. And you can find Lana's Oreo stuffed chocolate chip cookie recipe perfect for those sweethearts in your life for Valentine's Day posted on the site along with an authentic barbecue chinese spare rib recipe it is a week of celebration and we'll join you here next sunday as the delicious conversation continues chef jamie gwen along with lana signing off thanks for listening we hope you to eat well
0: the preceding program has been brought to you by tastebud entertainment